Well, fruitfulness is uh, very much the theme of what we're about here uh, this season in which we find ourselves here in the new year. Fruitfulness is uh, very much uh, what we need to be about throughout the entirety of our Christian lives. God's fruitfulness in us and through us making profound difference in, in, in so many ways. I'm glad our attention is uh, right here on uh, the fruitfulness that uh, God so desires for our lives. We ended last week asking ourselves, how does your garden grow? I hope that you uh, took some time to consider that, not only at the end of uh, last week's service, but that that continued to be a question that uh, you, um, you asked yourself over the, the past few days. How does your garden grow? Everyone who has a garden knows that you must tend a garden to be really fruitful. Flatly said, gardens just take work. Do I hear an amen from any gardeners out there? They just take work. Centenary Church in Lexington, where I pastored before uh, coming back to St. John, had a, had a parcel of land out Athens Boonesboro Road near I-75. One spring, I floated the idea of starting a, a community garden out there, and I had a lot of takers. We had a farmer till up about 20 plots, and, and everyone interested was uh, given the opportunity to, to have at it. The vegetables came up like crazy, and so did the weeds. Those who worked at keeping the weeds had a, had a bumper crop. Those who didn't, well, their crop really wasn't as strong. The greaves were included in that number. You have to tend your garden if you want to have a fruitful crop. One interesting note about the community garden, we had less takers the next spring. Gardens just take a lot of work. Last week, we talked a good deal about soil. In fact, we talked about four soils, the same four soils that Jesus talked about in his parable of the soils. We talked about the soil that was hardened, like that of a path. We liken that soil to a hardened heart. We talked about rocky soil, where, where seed would sprout, but was prevented from taking root because of the rock that was just beneath the surface. We liken that soil to a shallow heart. We also talked about the soil where seed grew but was eventually choked out by weeds and thorns. We liken that soil to a strangled heart. And finally, we talked about fertile soil where fruitfulness abounded. We liken this soil to a surrendered heart. This morning, our focus is not so much on soil as it is on seed. Our attention turns to, to Jesus' great parable, the parable of the weeds from Matthew 13, 24 and following. We find in that parable that Jesus shares that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field only to have someone come in behind him and sow seed that was not so good. All of this took place while the man slept. The weeds sprouted, but so did the weeds. 
the man figured out what had happened. He knew that his efforts had been sabotaged. When asked by his servants what he wanted them to do, he, he told them to wait. Now, that's an important thing that we need to hold on to. On to. He, he told the servants to, to wait. We'll get to some of that a little bit later. We'll take care of it when we harvest, he said. We'll separate the, the, the weeds from the wheat at, at that time. As Jesus did with the, the parable of the soils, he offers an explanation to his parable of the weeds. That explanation becomes the focus of our attention today. So let's hear it. Uh, Christ's explanation of the parable of the weeds as found in Matthew 13, verses 36 through 43. We find these words so written from God's word. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the, the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the, the good seed stands for the, the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the, the, the people of the, of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is God's word for God's people, and may it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us. As we said just a second ago, our focus today is not so much on, uh, on, on soil as it is seed, recognizing, though, that you need both to, to really have an abundant crop. You need both seed and soil. For us, we not only need to be concerned about the con condition of the, the soil of our hearts, but the sort of seeds we are allowing, allowing to be planted in them, and how that affects the way our lives are lived, and even more to the point, how fruitful we really are. Paul challenges us at this point. He, he writes in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Paul is speaking about fruitfulness here, the sort of fruitfulness that God desires and, quite honestly, the sort of unfruitfulness that God does not desire. Essentially, Paul strikes the correlation between the seed we sow and the fruit we bear. We all know that to, to be very true in the flow of life, what we, uh, what we sow 
we will also reap. Paul really gets down to it a little bit earlier in the book of Galatians. He does so in, uh, in Galatians 5. He talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But before he gets to that great statement about the, the fruit of the Spirit, what it means to live a life that is in the Spirit, he, he cuts to the chase and, and, and talks about what it means to live to the, to the sinful nature that is uh, very much a current of, of every life. Paul writes in, in chapter 5, verses um, 19 through 21 in Galatians, acts of the sinful nature are, are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions and, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the, and the like. It really is quite a list. And so we hear some of those things and say, ah, that, that's not a part of my life. And then we, we hear other, others of those things and we say, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that's a part of that sinful nature that Paul writes about. I warn you, he says, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul then immediately puts us to thinking about more positive things. He, uh, he, he talks about life in the Spirit. He does so using the analogy of, of fruitfulness. He, he talks about the, the fruit of the Spirit. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are not so much the fruits of the Spirit, but the, the fruit of the Spirit, singular. The, the life that is, that is lived in the Spirit, when the Spirit is work, at work, these things are indeed evident. If you're looking for a, a description of what it means to live a fruitful life, it is, it is right here. For the fruit of the Spirit is, is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Good seed leads to good fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is, 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 is God's Spirit working in us and through us to this end. Again, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Admittedly, the, the parable of the weeds is a, is a tough one. It is, it, it's really uh, tough to get it, 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 it exactly what, what Jesus is, is, is saying to each of us in, in our lives. It, it's not easily deciphered. Thankfully, this is one of the cases that, that Jesus offers an explanation. And as we read the explanation here in, in Matthew 13, we, we see that Jesus is, is pointing to the final judgment. He figures that, that ultimately God will do the weeding. The harvest at the end of time will include both good and bad. The good will shine and the bad will be cast away. 
Now that's a tough word for us to hear. And when you read that passage of scripture in its entirety, it, it really is a tough one to swallow. I read Christ's explanation of the parable of the weeds to say, at the final judgment of, of God is God's business and we need to leave him to it. And that leads us to, to consider judgment in and of itself, the judging that we do of others and then that sort of natural judging that goes on deep within each of us as we make effort to try to assess our lives. I think Jesus in the parable of the weeds is talking about judgment. And he's also, he's, he's, he's talking not only about the final judgment, but also the, the sort of judging that, that quite frankly goes on all the time, particularly the sort of judgment, the religious heap upon those who are not so religious. Barring from our parable today, the wheat is quick to call out the weeds happens all the time. Judging others is rampant these days. It goes on all the time. We just can't help it. We, and, and in the mix of that, we, we wonder where our judging comes from. Judging, I've always thought, is a, a deceptive way of, of building ourselves up at the expense of somebody else. We've been doing it since fourth grade. Building somebody up, building ourselves up at the expense of somebody else. Jesus is quick to call us out on that. He says in his great uh, Sermon on the Mount at uh, Matthew 7, 1, judge not, lest you be judged. He goes on to say, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brothers, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Every time we read those uh, very precise words of Jesus. We, we are cut to the quick because we know we're walking around with a plank in our eye all the time, yet so concerned about the speck that is in the eye of others. It's interesting that in the parable of the weeds, the weed um, Jesus refers to was, was probably a, a, a plant called the, the bearded darnel. It's interesting to, to learn about the bearded Darnell in that it, when it first comes up, it looks exactly like wheat. It's hard, if not impossible, to distinguish the, the wheat from the, the weed. And you see the two side to side, and they do look uh, very much similar. The other thing about uh, bearded Darnell is that it's roots very quickly get intertwined with the weed. And if you try to pull it up, it also pulls up the weed. That's why uh, Jesus in the, the parable of the weeds has the farmer telling the servant to, to wait to pull up the weeds. 
He signals a cautionary note. Don't, don't pull up the weeds because you're going to pull, pull up the weed as well. And I think there's a call of Christ for us to, to wait as well, particularly in our every desire to judge other people. We do well to wait when it comes to judging others. After all, judging is God's business anyway. It is an exercise in futility to be concerned about the failings of others and not considering the failings of our own lives. I like the story told of the, of the fellow and his wife who went to a full service uh, filling station, wanted to get a full tank of gas. They also wanted to, to get their windshield cleaned. The attendant uh, cleaned the windshield, not only filled them full of gas, but also, uh, uh, also cleaned the windshield. But, it, but it, at, at first stroke, it was, it was not to the satisfaction of the, of the man. Do it again, he said. And he said it rather hatefully. The attendant washed it again, and, and still it was not enough. The attendant tried a, a, a third time, and still it was not enough. It was, wasn't until the man's wife chimed in and asked her husband to, to look at his glasses. They were as dirty as can be. It didn't matter how many times the attendant worked on that windshield. It was always going to be dirty from the perspective of that man because his glasses were dirty. He was just seeing things uh, in, a, in a clouded fashion. Our own failings skew how we see other people. As Jesus encourages us, we do well to consider the failings, the shortcomings in our own lives before we consider the failings and shortcomings in the lives of others. Barring from our parable today, we do well to tend to the weeds in our own garden. I've heard it said that if the grass looks greener on the other side, it might be that your neighbor is taking better care of, um, of, of his lawn. You know, that very well may be the case. We know from experience that weeds have a way of, uh, of sprouting up all over the place if left unattended. It takes place in our lawns. It takes place in our gardens. If we don't give them attention, then the weeds are just going to take over. Consider the weeds and, and thorns mentioned last week in relation to the soil of a strangled heart. You remember that soil because that soil is so much a part of, uh, of who we are and, 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 and how we live out our lives. The worries and cares of this life coupled with the deceptiveness of wealth, have a way of choking out God's good work in our lives. It happens every time. It's interesting, I think, that the bad seed in the parable of the weeds was planted while the farmer slept. The weeds that so often affect our spiritual lives often take root when we're asleep when we neglect our spiritual lives. We fail to maintain a strong relationship with the Lord. We let our, our Bible study slip. We rush through our prayers. 
We fail to worship regularly. We turn our backs on, on opportunities to serve. We turn our backs on opportunities to lift up the good news about Jesus to, to somebody that desperately needs to hear it. We nurture seeds planted by the world at the expense of nurturing those seeds that are planted by God. Weeding out the things of the world is not easy. It's never easy to, to weed. It wasn't that way with a community garden. It, it, it isn't that way with any garden that we might have at our homes. Weeding takes discipline and commitment. And weeding out the things of the world so that, that God's seeds might prosper takes discipline, commitment, and devotion to God above all else. He needs to stand front and center Let's face it, there's, there's good and, and, and bad in, in each of us. If you want to learn of that from a, a scriptural point of view, then read uh, here this afternoon Romans chapter 7. It's there that we see Paul struggling with, with both the good and the bad that is in his life. The, he, he says that the very things I know not to do, I do, and the very things I know to do, I don't do. He found himself in a, in a real predicament. In fact, he, 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 he writes, uh, who's going to save me from this predicament? And then he offers the, the, the remedy. Thank God it has already been done through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our struggle is a lot like the struggle that's highlighted in the parable of the weeds. That struggle is, how do you get rid of the, of the, of the bad and, without destroying the good? Remember that uh, beaded Darnell? You know, if you start ripping it out, then, then it has the opportunity to even uh, rip out the wheat as well. I contend that that sort of thing, that getting rid of the, the bad without destroying the, the good is best done with God's help. In fact, when it really comes down to it, the, the, the only way to really get that done is with God's help. So what's, going to be, what's it going to be for you? Will yours be a field full of weeds or a field full of wheat? The answer comes as you let God do his thing in your life. And may God bless us all as we open ourselves to him, as we seek to be deeply committed, fully devoted, to his work in our lives. And as we become deeply devoted and fully committed to God's work in our lives, then may we see fruitfulness through our lives, the sort of fruit that we talked about in living a life that is in the spirit, where love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control become a reflection of God's good work in our lives. So again, what's it going to be? A field full of weeds or a field full of wheat? Let God do his thing. And may he bless us all. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the challenge of your word today. We thank you for speaking into our lives. We pray, Lord, that uh, 
you would continue to illumine uh, your, your way, your purposes for our lives. We pray that you uh, shine a, a light upon the weeds that are very much a, a, a part of who we are and what we're doing. We pray, Lord, that um, you would go to work and, and, um, and take care of those weeds. We pray that you would liberally sow the seeds of your kingdom. And that as you sow the seeds of your kingdom, we pray that they would come to flower and fruitfulness. Lord, we realize that uh, none of this is of our own doing. We, we seek, though, to, uh, to open ourselves to be uh, ready receptacles of the very things that you long to do in our lives and, and through our lives. We, we pray, Lord, that we live lives that are in the Spirit. So God, do with us what you will. We pray that we recognize who we are. We pray also that we recognize who you wish for us to become. Lord, thank you for your good work. And now work in us now. Do with us as you, as you see fit. We pray, Lord, that you would mold and shape us, transform us, make us to be the, the servants and disciples that you would have us to be. God, we love you. We need you. We seek to give you our lives. And we thank you that you care enough to, to weed the, the, the soil of our hearts and to bring about uh, the, the, the nurture and the, the, the beauty of, of your seed coming to pass. May it come to flower. May it be fruitful in every way. This prayer we make in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Lord, we do trust in the power of that name for today's world. Amen.